Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Repentance has to be proven, not by a perfect lifestyle, but a lifestyle that says, I want to obey God. And many people, when they stand before the king, God's going to say to them, never changed your lifestyle. You were religious. You're a good person. But you never did what I asked you to do. So repentance, Jesus said, repent and believe the good news. Can people around you see the fruit of the salvation moment in your life? Would Jesus be proud of the different path you've taken? Today, as Pastor Mark continues his message on forgiveness, he speaks on the responsibility of the believer to show true repentance in their life. The Lord has wiped your sin debt clean. All he asks is for you to repent and place your trust in him. Have you set a good example of a changed life in Christ? Your life's proper representation of Jesus is often what can attract or detract people away from the faith. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark with his continuing study entitled, The Power of Forgiveness. If people would understand these five keys that Peter learned, he could explain to anybody in any situation, from any background, how they could receive God's forgiveness. First key you want to write this morning of the five. Man's greatest need is forgiveness. Man's greatest need is forgiveness. You're close by. Turn to the book of Romans. You're close by. Quickly, Romans chapter 3. In Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned. Everyone. You say, "I I don't believe I'm a sinner. No, you are. And one of the keys is, you say, well, what does that sin mean? Two things quickly. Transgression. You deliberately do that which you know isn't right. Or you try to do the right thing. You're a good person. You try to do the right thing. You sometimes just fail. We all know what that is. Now, that means all sin, all of sin, you have sinned. Well, what's, what's the result of that sin? I mean, I'm basically a good person. Well, not really, and neither are you, but we think we are. What is the result of that sin? Scoot over to Romans 6, 23. And you'll see so clearly with this bridge illustration how that works. Romans 6.23 says, there is a penalty for sin. Well, what is the penalty for sin? Notice, for the wages of sin 
is death. That death means spiritual, physical, and eternal death. Let me read you another verse from Isaiah. Your sins have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Watch me, watch me. I'm born here. I'm born a sinner. Take the bridge out this morning. There's no bridge. I'm born a sinner. I can't get to a holy God. You see, over here is a holy God. He can't look. So my sins separate me from God. Well, it's not just God, but it's a relationship with him on earth. And when I die, and you will, I'll be separated from God forever. If I, if I can't bridge this gap, which is caused by my sin, I will never have real purpose and meaning and peace here, and I can't get to heaven. So man's greatest need is forgiveness. Some, somebody, something has to happen to my sin because that sin separates me from God. Sin always separates. Now, number two, real forgiveness always starts with God. Real forgiveness always starts for God. Notice the, the last part of verse 23. You're right there. But the gift of God, gift, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In the parable, we saw that God was love. The king says to the servant, you'll never pay your bill. You can't pay it. I'm going to cancel the debt. You've asked for me. You've asked for grace. If I give you justice... You're in jail for the rest of your life. But if I cancel the debt and give you what you don't deserve, you can go free. God gave him grace. Now, Jesus is the one that provided it. What kind of bridge can take us from this land of hurt, unforgiveness, and no life to this land of healing, freedom, and real life? What, what kind of bridge? Well, here we see it. John 3.16, you know it very well. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. See, the only way to have eternal life is connected with this bridge called Jesus. Number three, Jesus died so we could be forgiven. Jesus died so we could be forgiven. Remember in the Old Testament, this is very important for you, in the Old Testament... Sin, the solution to sin in the Old Testament was provided by animal sacrifice. You see, if you drain the blood out of you this morning, you die. Life is in the blood. So God required sacrifice, the shedding of blood. Well, when we get to the New Testament, we don't sacrifice as animals anymore. Because God sent Jesus as his son, born of the Holy Spirit. So, watch me. Only person ever in history born of the Holy Spirit who had no sin. Didn't have an earthly father. If he had an earthly father, starts with sin. Couldn't be my substitute. Could not be my bridge. So he sends Jesus. Jesus starts his life perfect. But he has to live his whole life until he goes to the cross and up to heaven without sin. Does he? Yes, the Bible says he lived without sin. So that's why this verse in Hebrew says, for without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So understand the principle. Jesus died so we could be forgiven. Now, what does that mean for me? 
A few years ago, Linda and I were in Mexico City. I saw a sight that I'll never forget. We were in a square in, in one of the towns, and I saw people on their knees, and they were headed to a church. They were going to the church. Their knees were bloodied. What were they trying to do? They were trying to earn forgiveness. Not long ago, Lynn and I were in Thailand. Been there many times. Buddhists. In front of the, the gods, like this. Can't hear, can't feel, can't forgive, aren't touched. Thousands of dollars of food and flowers every morning. Why? Trying to earn forgiveness. You can't earn forgiveness. This man, remember the parable? He could never have paid it off. Impossible. It's a gift. And so the only bridge that God provides to move me from a sinner to a Christ follower, the only bridge is Jesus Christ. The cross. That's the bridge to God. If there's no Jesus, there's no cross. If Jesus doesn't go to the cross, there's no bridge. You see, Jesus died so you could be forgiven. You. Now, here's number four. Turn with me to Mark chapter one. Here's number four. If we will turn from sin, God will forgive us. Notice the if. See, God made the first move. He provided a bridge. It's belief in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only bridge to forgiveness in God. You see, without it, I'm separated from God forever. I have no chance. So the first move was made by God. But becoming a Christ follower is not automatic. When you're born... And here's what many people think. Well, Pastor Mark, I was, I was christened as a baby. That's fine. We dedicate children. That means nothing. God's grace covers them till they're old enough to know the difference between right or wrong. So they're old enough to understand this. You can be in church your whole life. Your church is not the bridge. Calvary Chapel is not the way to God. It's just a man's way of doing what God told us to do to get together. You can't belong to a church and get to God. You can't give money and get to God. You can't give tithes and get to God. You can't be, I mean, by the way, we're going to be helping with the storm shortly. We'll have information on the web and whatever, how to go and help these people in Lake County and all this different. It's wonderful if you'd go and you'll serve and you give. That will not earn you the way to God. That's where people are confused. You say to them, well, you're going to go to heaven? Well, sure, I'm going to go to heaven. Why? Because I'm a good person. Good compared to who? Well, I'm better than you. (laughs) That may be. But God requires perfection. See, he doesn't grade on the curve. And so he is the only way. Jesus is the only way. But notice number four key. If... You turn from sin, 
God will forgive us. Notice what Jesus says in Mark chapter 1, verse 14. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. This is Jesus' words. We read it from Peter many times. The word repent and believe. Here's what I find when I talk to people. Do you believe in God? Well, yes, I believe in God. What do they mean? Well, they believe there is a God. See, belief is not in a God. Belief is a verb. It means I practice what I believe. So Jesus, he he puts the gospel very simply. He simply says this. You have to first repent and believe. It's a two-part deal. So what does repent mean? Well, let me read you from Eugene Peterson because this is where the rubber hits the road. Eugene Peterson, repentance is not an emotion. It's not feeling sorry for your sins. Repentance is a decision. It's deciding that you have been wrong in supposing that you could manage your own life and you could be your own God. It is deciding that you were wrong in thinking that you had the strength or the education or the training to make it on your own. See, repentance, watch me, it's very simple. Repentance is not like, I'm sorry for my sins. No, repentance is a change of living. So here I am over here. Maybe a good person, good moral person, but a God isn't running my life. God just isn't directing my life. He's not part of my life. I'm doing my thing. The basic definition of sin is very simple. I will. So if God isn't directing your life, you're a sinner. By practice, not only by birth. So I have to then say to God, God, I repent. Remember what Peter said in the day of Pentecost? Repent and be baptized. So repent means I leave this world of where I ruled it. I say to God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, listen, I'm sorry enough to change and become now a follower of Christ. You say, well, if I'm a follower of Christ, I'm a weird person. Really? How about Tony Dungy and Lovey Smith? Call them weird? Go ahead to their face. (laughs) I don't know if they'd forgive you or not, but we'd have to see what happened. You know, they're not the only ones saved on that team. Both of those teams have lots of guys that love Jesus Christ. What they have to do? They have to change. If someone claims, I know God, I'm a follower of Christ, I'm a Christ follower, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person, this is strong words, that person is a liar and not living in the truth. Here's what I find. Very often in a counseling situation in the office, many other pastors do the same. I'll be in a counseling situation, and I'll say to the person, what's happened in your life? And they'll tell me something that's happened in life. And I'll say to them, you know, God speaks about that. Do you realize that's a sin? Well, maybe. Then, so I'll read God's commandment. Notice, We can be sure that we know if we obey his commandments. Pastor Mark, you mean there's like commandments I have to obey? Duh, yes. Are the commandments bad for us? No, they're good for you. They're protection for us. So, and I'll say to the person, well, here's the commandment, I read it. Then I say to them this, for us to continue counseling, for you to go through counseling or get married or do whatever, you're going to have to change your lifestyle. 
You're, you're going to have to turn from this way to living, and you're going to have to turn to God's way of living. Now, many people, as they see it, they didn't know that there was a commandment. When they see it, they go, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know. It was really wrong. You know one that's so familiar today is? Many, many couples come in for premarital counseling. They don't know it's wrong to sleep together before you're married. They understand adultery is wrong. They just don't understand that sleeping together before you're married is wrong. Well, we love each other and what? It's a sin. The Bible speaks about it over and over and over. It's no worse than any other sin. It's just a sin. So when I share that one, or homosexuality is a sin. You weren't born that way. God would have never done that to you. And you can be free. But see, the more the television says it's normal, the more we go, well, I guess it's okay. No, it isn't okay. You have to believe God, not television. Now, we don't hate people. So I say to them, you're going to have to change over here. Many people go, wow, I didn't know that. We'll change. And we separate the couples and do all those things. That's just one way. But sometimes, here's what I'll hear. We need to think about it. I said, all right, you call me when you think about it. You tell me, are you willing to change? Very often, I never hear a call. I never get a call. Does that bother me? Sure, because you want to read it? If someone claims I know God but doesn't obey God's commandment, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. So have they ever really repented? No. And if you don't ever repent and turn from that lifestyle, you will never cross the bridge and get to where you want to be. I don't care what you call yourself. Repentance has to be proven, not by a perfect lifestyle, but a lifestyle that says, I want to obey God. And many people, when they stand before the king, God's going to say to them, never changed your lifestyle. You were religious. You're a good person. But you never did what I asked you to do. So repentance... Jesus said, repent and believe the good news. Now, turn back to Matthew quickly, chapter 18. Let's be reminded what the servant says. Verse 26, the servant fell on his knees before him. He says, be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. Notice the man in his own way is asking for forgiveness. He realizes he can't pay the debt. If he gets justice... He's a slave the rest of his life. He's no longer a servant. Number five, forgiveness frees us from the slavery of sin. Here's what you'll discover when you talk to people. People that haven't accepted Jesus Christ live in this land of hurt, unforgiveness, and no life. Lots of things happening, lots of variety, lots of good things happening, live the good life, but there's an emptiness They have eternity in there. They know they're not right with God. If they get quiet and get alone, if you say to them, you're going to die on a deathbed, many people go, I wasted my whole life. Because they know they never were right with God. And see, they think they were leading their life. But notice this verse that Jesus speaks to us about in John 8. Jesus is the one talking. I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a a son is a part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. You see, the only way for you to really enjoy life, as we share this with people, that's exactly what Peter kept doing. 
He kept sharing it with Jews, Gentiles, anyone on the street. He understood the parable. He experienced, we're going to see he experienced forgiveness in a big way next week. Oh, it's going to be exciting. But he was able to say to people, you're over here and you're being ruled by Satan. He said, well, I don't feel like I'm being ruled. That's why Satan's a great deceiver. And Jesus says, he who has the son has life. He who doesn't have the son doesn't have life. The only place to have life is when you cross into life. He came to give us abundant life. Now, look at verse 27. The servant's master took pity on him. In other words, compassion. Canceled the debt and let him go. What do you see there? You see grace. When the servant asked for forgiveness, he confessed. He said, I need help. I can't pay the debt. God said, fine. To the servant, I forgive you. He let him go. When he walked out of that room, the power of forgiveness was incredible. When that man was forgiven, as I said to you before, when he walked out and said hi to his wife, he said, I'm forgiven. And he began a life of going Growing and glowing. The rest of the parable goes on. God requires forgiven people to forgive. Let me ask you a question. How many times has God forgiven you? Want to get your calculator out? Anybody up to 490? Since Tuesday? Second question. What if there was a limit on God's forgiveness? Would you be here? You might be, but I wouldn't. I would have exceeded it a long time ago. See, the Bible says, if I confess my sins, not if I get to 491, if I confess my sins, he's faithful. He's faithful. Pastor Mark, do you mean if I'm being abused physically, do I have to forgive? Yes. Do I have to stay in that abusive situation? No. What happens when we don't forgive? Does anything happen to me spiritually, physically, and emotionally? The answer is all three. Number four, how to forgive when you can't forgive. See, all of these are answered in the Bible. And as we go through that, broken relationships... And see, we like to blame our past. No, the minute you walk over this bridge of freedom, God starts your life over, brand new. You can't blame the past because God's made you a new person. We know that forgiveness has an effect on the receiver, but what takes place in the heart of the person who chooses to forgive? Today, Pastor Mark taught that forgiveness frees us from the slavery of sin. As the Lord has forgiven us for our sins, so we should extend that forgiveness to others. Once you begin to look upon others through a lens of love and forgiveness, you begin to live with more joy and freedom in your own life. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Forgiveness is a requirement of God. Why? Because God has forgiven more than you ever could. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will further define forgiveness It is no coincidence that the word give is placed right in the middle of forgiveness. People in your life should not have to earn your forgiveness. Rather, it should be a free, undeserved gift to them, just as the Lord gave to you. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. has seen and our ears have heard his word made flesh in a hurting world a new hope he is giving lord let us hear